Welcome to the Illinois Soy Podcast. Enjoy. Today, I'm speaking with Tracy Harmon, one of our 2019 CCA Soy Envoys and a senior field sales agronomist with the Growmark FS system near Dietrich, Illinois. She holds a bachelor's degree in agriculture economics and a master's in plant and soil science, both from Southern Illinois University, Carbondale. In her role with Growmark, she enjoys helping growers achieve maximum ROI by implementing strategies to increase yields. Welcome, Tracy. It's good to have you here today. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be here with you today discussing important soybean topics. Yeah, yeah. Today we're going to be talking about a question I think many growers may be having this season, and it's why have my soybeans been so slow to get started this year? Our CCA soy envoys have noted um, this season that the soybeans are having a little bit difficult time getting any sort of growth going. So um, with the late planting, it's becoming very challenging to get those rows to canopy, I think. So obviously the conditions this spring and summer so far have been less than ideal. So can you just start by talking us through the conditions that the soybeans have had to deal with? Are they feeling stressed? Have they felt stressed? Is that stress continuing? Yeah, so I think um, we can all agree that uh, the 2019 season will be one that we talk about for quite some time. You know, most of the state uh, was plagued by very saturated soils from an early time. You know, we started getting rains in, in, in March and April when guys would typically start uh, considering planting soybeans, especially early planted soybeans. And uh, it's just been something that's continued to uh to hit us all the way up until, you know, through the last couple of days and, and this week. And so, um, you know, these these above average rainfalls have, have not only caused late planted soybeans, but in many cases, the soybeans were planted into less than ideal soil conditions. Mm-hmm. So these, these things together have caused soybeans to take an extremely long time to emerge and then even once they come up they just seem to struggle to grow. I know in my area we did have an opportunity to get some beans planted in that mid-May time frame and it it took those soybeans almost two to three weeks to come up out of the ground and then they just sat there and so um, you know about six weeks after planting we still only saw these soybeans at the V1 growth stage, which is just just very, very slow. Um, and so, you know, the the uh, the wet soils caused caused very slow emergence, very slow growth on these beans, and 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 so we've we've continued to see that even through soybeans that were planted, you know, in the beginning and middle of June. Um, now, with, with some recent warm weather here the last couple of weeks, we have seen some improvement on this. The soybeans have seen to perk up a little bit, maybe start to grow a little bit faster. But, uh, you know, in many areas, we still have those saturated soils, and we're still seeing that extremely slow growth through the soybeans. Yeah. Is, uh, the, the extremely wet soil temperatures and obviously the, the slow growth is – um, somewhat of a symptom of stress. Is there any other ways that stress has been manifested in the soybeans? 
So I, I think about this in kind of a, a twofold thing, and, and most growers are, are typically seeing the above ground symptoms of stress. And so obviously the slow emergence, um, the reduced early vigor of the soybeans, we're seeing um, yellowing of, of both soybeans and corn. Um, and this is primarily caused by the, the wet soils causing restricted root growth um, that's, that's allowing these soybeans to, uh, to have, you know, not be able to get the nutrients that they need. And then also it, it, it's making to where we're seeing a major lack of oxygen in the soil as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another kind of above ground symptom that we've seen of stress is, is, you know, um, sometimes necrosis and even death due to some soil borne pathogens like Pythium and Phytophthora. Um, these are probably the most common symptoms that guys have seen uh, above ground. Um, if we if we dig and we start to look below ground, you know, we can definitely identify those poor root systems. Mm-hmm. And then we're seeing a lack of nodule formation in the soybeans, um, which, you know, they should begin fixing their own nitrogen. And without those healthy nodules, they're just not doing that. Yeah. So you, t- you talked about the poor root structure and uh, less than normal nodulation and a whole host of um, different ways that the stress is manifesting in the crop. Is there any strategies growers can use to kind of help jumpstart the crop here as we get into the middle part of July? Yeah, so talking about, you know, the cause and effect of what we've seen, um, you know, unfortunately, when we deal with living organisms like this, it's not always as simple as, you know, A causes B. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times we see interactions with other things. And so we have A causes B, but because of the interaction of C, we we see the symptomology of D. And so, you know, we're definitely seeing a lot of things going on here. And so determining how to overcome some of these problems may require some practices and products um, that we don't typically use and recommend. Um, You know, looking at the yellow and stunted crops that we're seeing, our mind automatically goes to nitrogen, and and rightfully so. We're definitely seeing a lack of nitrogen um, being expressed in these plants. However, applying nitrogen to soybeans is still a pretty controversial topic, and so there's a lot of discussion around whether this will be helpful or or not helpful. We know soybeans will begin to fix their own nitrogen, and so we rarely recommend adding nitrogen to the soybean crop. Mm-hmm. Um, there's concern by adding nitrogen, you you make those soybeans lazy early, and then they don't they're not able to fix the nitrogen that they need later in the season. Um, However, I think we've seen in a lot of cases where we're seeing a lack of nitrogen availability in in small soybeans um, before they're fixing nitrogen, and then we are seeing some issues with nodule formation in these larger soybeans, and so they're not able to fix the nitrogen that they need. So I think that the addition of maybe a small amount of nitrogen right now could give the soybeans just the boost that they need. I would be cautious, however, in over-applying or applying too much nitrogen and causing that uh, lazy soybean um, potentially later in the season. Now, another idea 
would be the addition of foliar fertilizers in a post-application or post-herbicide trip. Um, you know, you're making that trip anyway, so could it be helpful to add in something to give that soybean just a little bit of boost um, now? And, you know, one recommendation I would have is before you make that application, try to identify which nutrients you might actually need. Um, a tissue sample is probably the best way to to identify any potential deficiencies. Um, you could pair that with a soil sample. You know, this would allow you to decide, okay, is the nutrient available in the soil? The plant just isn't getting it. Or are we deficient both in the plant and in the soil? Um, so I think that giving these soybeans some needed nutrients, either through a foliar fertilizer application with a herbicide or, you know, potentially a top dress, application if that's if that makes sense in your area would be a benefit this year now i would would also recommend making sure that you know those targeted nutrients that you're you're shooting for make sure the products that you are using have a high enough concentration of those nutrients because you know if they only have a small concentration of that particular nutrient and we continue to see these stressful conditions um, the situation may improve temporarily, but it won't last long. Excellent, Tracy. So when so we look opinion, at uh, what you know, potentially what producers be nutrients this year? are necessary or which ones may be beneficial this year, you know, we already talked about nitrogen. Um, but a couple other ones I'd like to touch on would be sulfur and molybdenum. So we know through past um, information that, that sulfur has been um, taken out of out of the acid rain, and so we're not getting the necessary sulfur that we need like we used to. So a lot of soybeans are getting a planned application of sulfur today. Um, what sulfur does, though, in the soybean is it, it helps with nodule formation. It also helps with chlorophyll production and can aid in seed production later in the season. So Several of those symptoms that we talked about, those yellow soybeans, you know, if we boost that chlorophyll production, we'll start to see a greener plant. And if we know we have issues with nodule formation, adding sulfur can help promote that nodule formation. Um, molybdenum is the other one, um, and it's vital for those uh, rhizobia bacteria to fix nitrogen. So, um, again, another symptom that we may be seeing uh, you know, is that lack of nitrogen and, and nodule fixing, um, the lack of the ability of the nodules to fix nitrogen. And so adding molybdenum may be helpful um, to help those, those nodules begin producing the nitrogen that they need. I guess the last kind of recommendation I have on what to do to help right now, it's a very unpopular recommendation, would be if you are in 30-inch rows and you have the ability uh, running a cultivator through those beans would be a big help right now. It would help to dry out some of those soils and get oxygen Excellent. put back a in the soil. A lot of tips there for growers uh, to try to figure out what to do with these slow-growth soybeans. A few months ago, we did a podcast with Samantha Schmidgall, one of your fellow CCA soy envoys, talking about biostimulants and the increasing popularity of them. Just wondering if biostimulants or PGRs some, are something that could help stimulate growth this year. There are a lot of products available on the market today that contain the plant growth regulators, and they, they claim to help reduce stress and promote root growth. 
which are things that we are definitely looking for right now. So, um, you know, it's probably not not a topic that I'm as familiar with as maybe what she is. But, uh, you know, if those, are, if those claims are true, then I, I absolutely think that those uh, plant growth regulator type products would be beneficial. Now, there are other products out there like fulvic acids that can aid in nutrient movement and availability, which would be beneficial as well if the plant's not getting the nutrients that it needs. And one other thing is the addition of amino acids um, can also help a plant that is under stress by allowing it to kind of relax a little bit and, and, and just get back to doing what it's supposed to do. So those are some, some kind of up-and-coming things that, uh, you know, if, if a grower is interested in trying, I'd recommend uh, absolutely, you know, split some acres and take a look at those sort of products and see what they can do. Excellent. So let's turn the discussion now to uh, protecting the crop that you have. Are there any particular pests or diseases that are going to be more pronounced um, this, this year that growers should be extra vigilant with? So a couple things that come to mind would be early season pathogens like Pythium and Phytophthora. Um, they've been an issue in some places. Um, you know, unfortunately, the only effective way of controlling these types of diseases is with seed-applied uh, fungicide seed treatments, and so there's not a lot that can be done today to help with those. Um, most growers are utilizing those seed treatments, um, but we've seen the last couple of years that with the slower emergence and growth, those seed treatments are only effective for a specific amount of time. And the longer it takes that soybean to emerge and develop through that early growth stage, um, the less effective those products become, you know, at, at those later stages. So even though we've used a lot of those products, um, we are still seeing some of those things develop. Um, and again, once we have them, uh, you know, hot, dry weather is helpful at alleviating some of that sort of, of stuff. But outside of that and seed treatments, there's not a lot that can be done. Have the conditions so far this year caused concern for SDS this season? <laughs> That's a good question. So SDS or, or um, sudden death syndrome is an interesting disease because it affects the soybean early in the, in the growth season. Um, so shortly after emergence is when that pathogen infects the soybean. However, we do have to have favorable conditions um, the rest of the season for that pathogen to be expressed. So we do see it be more prominent in years where we have cool, wet weather at planting, which we've definitely had this year. So it could absolutely be an issue. Um, we do, you know, have to have those conditions favorable from here on out, which would be uh, wet conditions during flowering, which may be likely to happen. And then after flowering, you know, we follow that with some very warm, dry conditions. And that's when we really see that disease show up. Um, so we know we, we've had the early season um, conditions that are favorable for this disease. It's just a matter of time, you know, to see what the rest of the season holds. Mm -hmm. um, but absolutely, it could be, it could be an issue. Again, um, SDS is one of those diseases that, unfortunately, once we have it, there's not much that can be done. Um, the best way of controlling this is with a seed-applied fungicide seed treatment like Alevo. All righty, just a few things then we'll have to wait and see for the rest of the year on. But at the end of the day, I think the most important question that I can ask is related to yields. 
we uh, know how important August weather is for putting grain in the bin. Um, so just your take on if the slow soybean growth in June will affect field yields or if the soybeans will be able to bounce back. So that's a very good question, and we've still got a long way to go before we really start predicting soybean yields. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard that old adage for years and years, you know, that, that, that August rain makes makes soybeans. Um, and it definitely, you know, is, is key to that. Um, you know, one thing that I can expect this year is that uh, because of these later planted beans, you know, we won't see the soybeans get as much growth to them. So with shorter beans, you know, there's a question of will they still be able to produce the amount of pods that are needed to make that that good yield. And so there's still a lot of time to uh, to go. But I think with favorable conditions, you know, from here on out, um, we're going to have the ability to see um, average yields. You know, I think it's going to be a long shot to get to those above average yields unless guys had some extremely early planted beans. Um, however, I am from kind of the downstate area where we typically have a lot of later planted soybeans on our wheat acres. Mm -hmm. The past few years, we've been able to achieve some really excellent yields with our double crop soybeans. Um, so although I don't really anticipate many record soybean yields this year because of the late planting and the slow growth, I, uh, I haven't completely written off our ability to maintain what I would consider as, as good or average yields. Good. Excellent. Last question here. What recommendations do you have for growers if this, hopefully this year would never repeat itself, but if it did repeat itself um, in Illinois in the future? Yeah. So um, I guess, you know, when it comes to trying to outguess mother nature and how to plan ahead, uh, there isn't a lot that we can do, you know, to, to overcome the weather. Um Unfortunately, each year we have to wait for those field conditions to dry out before we can get in and plant. Um, I do think it is important to try to mitigate your risk every year, you know, regardless of what the previous year did. I think it's important, you know, to to try to shoot for our best every year. And so, you know, some things that help with these early season stresses would be utilizing fungicide seed treatments every year um, can help us get through that planting into less than ideal soil conditions. Um, the addition of inoculants is actually something that's uh, beneficial in years like this. Again, it's too late to do those sort of things now, but looking ahead, you know, that can help those soybeans to help uh, promote more nodules and begin fixing nitrogen more efficiently, you know, as that soybean is, is kind of struggling through those early phases. Um, the other thing I have here recommending is, is rotating crops. I know it's something that, uh, you know, we did for years and years and years, and, and maybe we've gone away from some of that. We've seen a lot of soybean following soybean acres, especially with uh, the market prices and, and conditions. Um, but rotating, you know, between corn and soybeans will help alleviate some of the soil-borne pathogens like Pythium, Phytophthora, and SDS. So the last thing I would say is that every year is different. Um, I think it's important to start each year thinking about all the things that you can do right to help raise a good crop and not get too hung up on, on what the previous year threw at us. Excellent. Good reminder there. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. Yeah, thanks, Jill. Again, that was Tracy Harmon, 2019 CCA Soy Envoy, 
talking about how to jumpstart your soybeans growth this year. If you are interested in this topic and many more soybean management resources, you can visit www.ilsoyadvisor.com. That's ilsoyadvisor.com to learn more. This has been an Ilsoy Advisor podcast. Thanks for tuning in.